All right, today I am here with Off-Campus Housing Director Jeff Morris, and we're here to talk today about some of the housing issues surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic for students in Boulder. So thank you for taking some time to talk with us, Director Morris. Yeah, thanks for having me, folks. All right, so what differences have you seen in the search for housing, uh, especially for students under COVID-19? Have there been any large or substantial differences so far? So what's really interesting with uh, CU students and what those changes have really looked like is, is, you know, the majority of our students in Boulder have actually already signed leases back in October since Boulder has a pretty substantial pre-leasing program. So what we've seen with um, students that are looking right now or will be looking through the summer, a lot of the changes have been okay. So I no longer am looking for a nine-month lease per se for the academic year or a 12-month for the full year, Um, but maybe I want something a little bit different. And so that's been a change as far as what students are looking for as far as that leasing length. I think students' uh, searches have changed as far as budgetary financial constraints um, are starting to kind of make the move on a lot of people. but for those folks that have been searching, you know, the past couple of months since COVID has really kind of uh, come into play here, one of the biggest changes, which kind of is a, a pro and con list that you could create out of it, is really how we view apartments and how apartments are seen, how documents are signed, how folks are meeting landlords, property managers, etc. Um, and so with, with so many different stay-at-home orders, and we've had a, a couple different kinds coming from the state, the county, and the city the past couple of months. Um, so early on when this was all starting, um, landlords, realtors, property managers, they weren't technically allowed to be going into apartments with potential tenants to show those apartments. Um, you know, the current tenants living there were, were not necessarily too comfortable with folks being shown their apartment. And plus with the stay-at-home orders, it actually wasn't even a viable option at that time. Um, so we've seen a lot of apartment viewings actually move to an online, um, online system where folks are, you know, either taking videos themselves and sharing it with their landlords or the landlords have pictures online or, of course, they're setting up uh, Zoom meetings with students to meet the students or for students to meet the landlords in order to get a better idea of what those properties are looking like. Um As far as our office goes, you know, support systems and resources and whatnot, um, we've seen a lot of students and families reaching out to us asking, right now, should I be signing a lease? Um, You know, I know CU has released what it is, their their roadmap to fall 2020, um, but what's going to happen with, uh, you know, if CU decides to, that that they are going to close up shop, let's say, come August, because anything could happen, right? Um, And I think that's always kind of the, the, the frustrating piece to the unknown, but But at this time, as far as the timeline goes, we've been working with families and students and saying, um, you know, now that CU has this plan, it looks like everything is going to be as as normal as possible when it comes to the off-campus timeline. So at this point, we are recommending folks continue their searches and that they feel comfortable with that. Um, we do recommend that students are kind of having a conversation that they maybe have never had with their landlords before. So looking at things like, um, hey, landlord, you know, what would happen if CU does end up going remote for the full year? Would I be able to get any rent back? Would I be able to get out of this lease? Um, So fortunately, we've seen a lot of landlords and property managers actually be somewhat flexible about this. Um, So it's really important for students and families to kind of be asking those specific questions that they maybe never would have asked in the past. Um, and then as far as our office goes, you know, we're right now we offer 
all of our same resources um, through our website, a live chat service on our website. We do one-on-one Zoom calls with families and students um, and continuously updating our website with, with relevant updates and recommendations for students and families to use. So as far as our office goes, there hasn't been a whole lot of change for pro- providing that resource minus the, just the remote connections and communications. Um, but the overall uh, apartment search itself, I would say, is really we've moved to a virtual viewing and just more questions are being asked in regard to COVID and what that might look like potentially coming into the fall. You mentioned that virtual environment for looking for housing. Do you feel like there are any advantages or disadvantages to looking online outside of um, the benefits around social distancing? Do you think that it might be in any way maybe disadvantage, have any disadvantage to students who are looking? I think it, it, it depends, right? Because it depends, like, when was that video, when was that virtual tour of an apartment taken, right? You know, and it's the same, I think it's the same challenge that we see sometimes with um, housing listings online where pictures are taken 10 years ago and they say, yes, this is this property. Um, and it very well may be that property, but with those pictures being taken 10 years ago, we're not necessarily sure if that's exactly what it looks like right now. Um, I think being in person, you know, having a tour with a landlord makes it easier to ask questions as you're on that tour as you start to see the apartment maybe a window looks a little funky or there's a scratch on the floor um, those are things that you might not be able to see when you're, you're doing a virtual tour um, so that can be a little that could pose a challenge for folks for sure I would say that the advantage of the virtual tours is now as a student or a family member you no longer have to worry about flying to Boulder for a weekend if you live out of state to look at an apartment and spend two or three days looking at, let's say, six, seven, eight different apartments to get an idea of what they are. But you can literally look at six or seven of them within a matter of 20 minutes online. So I think it, it, it has its advantages of being able to allow students to see and explore as much diversity as far as apartment listings go. Um, but it certainly can have its, its disadvantages as far as the, um, the actuality, the reality. So I always recommend that students ask landlords, hey, when, was, when were these pictures taken? When was this video taken? Um, I saw in the kitchen, like there was a knob missing. Could we like talk about that? Um, just little things. So I would say it definitely has its, its pros and cons as we're seeing it kind of pan out. With um, with housing, have there been any economic impacts um, in light of the COVID pandemic? Are students struggling to pay for housing? Are prices changing? Um, is there any kind of impact in that way? So we've certainly seen an impact um, financially from students, whether or not they're, they're losing their jobs off campus, on campus. Um, or even if that's extending to kind of like their family members. You know, we have a lot of students that have parents or guardians that are co-signers and grantors on leases that are uh, somewhat just as responsible to make sure that those rent payments are paid. Um, In the beginning, I'll admit that it was actually a really rough place to be. Um, A lot of property managers, a lot of landlords were going to be in the same boat. You know, if they're not getting the rent payments from the students or their tenants, um, they're not able to make the mortgage payments on their houses. So it was this idea that was just like a cyclical, well, if you don't pay, I can't pay. And that means there's not going to be a house for anybody to live in. So what was happening 
was financially we were having a lot of students have have a little bit of a struggle with well how do I pay I, I don't know what to do so our office really began building and sustaining this relationship with a group called the Boulder Area Rental Housing Association, which is basically an association that is made up of um, a lot of Boulder landlords and property management companies. And we started just to have discussions around, okay, we know that this is an issue. We know there's issues on both sides, but we need to come to a solution so people aren't going to be homeless. So we started talking about rent relief efforts, what that could look like, um, and we were able to develop some tools with this group, Barha, um, and things were looking, as far as the tools go, there were there were now documents that landlords and, and property managers could utilize that would allow a student to fill out and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm in financial hardship right now. I lost my job due to COVID. Um, can we explore some options? And that application would open the door for that landlord to have the discussion around rent relief. So whether or not that rent relief was going to be discounted rent for certain months, an adjusted rental payment plan. So maybe they pay installments of three or four payments throughout a month or maybe three or four payments throughout a couple of months. Um, the idea here, which made it challenging, was the fact that both has a moratorium on evictions right now. So even if students didn't end up paying rent, they couldn't be evicted because the courts aren't open and they weren't processing eviction orders. So I think we had a lot of students that found that and they they, they might have believed that it was clever to so say, you know what, I don't have to pay rent, I'm not going to get evicted, doesn't matter. Um, but what's important about that is that when you do, when those courts do open back up and those eviction processes do come back online, that's when students could potentially put themselves in a, in a risky situation as far as lawyer fees, fees in general, deposits lost, um, is, and then things that would affect credit and rental history moving forward for whatever apartment they might be looking for. Um, so financially, CU was able to offer the student emergency relief fund, which is a fantastic fund that students, that if they lost their job due to COVID and couldn't be making money in order to pay rent, and paying rent is just one of the things that this relief fund is able to offer, um, but students are able to apply to this relief fund and uh, apply for a certain amount of money that would help them pay that rent. So earlier on, that that kind of pool of money wasn't necessarily um, the biggest pool, but when the CARES Act was enacted, um, CU received a substantial amount of money and was allowing students um, to receive uh, upwards of thousands of dollars to help pay for rent. So again, in the, in the beginning, it was really rough, as was unprecedented times, nobody had ever really dealt with a situation like this, um, but having those conversations with these external stakeholders was just so important in order to build those relationships and build those opportunities for our students. For students who might still be having trouble, are they still able to access that form and access that resource? So I believe that they are. I, I don't manage that, so I don't want to answer too many questions in regards to it to give you a, a wrong answer by mistake. But I can say it's my understanding that if students are still having financial challenges and those financial challenges are stemming from a spring semester happening. So let's say that you lost your job during the spring semester and that's why you still can't pay rent. As long as it falls in that category of a spring semester, it's my understanding that students are absolutely able to still apply for that Fund. All right. Um, is do you know of where they can find that fund to start uh, in investigating it? Yes, it's going to be on uh, on the Colorado.edu website, um, and I'm hoping that it ends up being just a really student relief fund. So it looks like. Um, it's going to be colorado.edu 
slash student affairs slash student hyphen emergency hyphen fund f-u-n-d all right thank you um so you mentioned earlier also that it changes how we look at apartments the uh, pandemic do you feel like students are going to change their behavior in terms of what kind of housing they're looking for do you think they might um, avoid certain kinds of housing based on social distancing concerns you know, we haven't necessarily seen too much of a shift in that, and I think what makes it just really challenging to kind of pinpoint those types of trends is the fact that the majority of off-campus students have, have signed their leases months ago. Months ago, um, I will say that what's interesting that we are seeing is that students that are looking right now um, have been kind of leaning toward away from the hill, for example, and into apartment complexes versus a, a traditional house. Um, so whether or not that is to live with one other person instead of four or five, um, or if they just want more of a complete housing situation that comes with amenities with, uh, with things included in it to make that living experience a little bit easier. Um, so I would say the majority of students have already signed their leases, but I would say the minority that are um, signing their leases now, we've certainly seen a trend from past years that folks are leaning towards that apartment complex style living than they are the traditional house style that you might find on, in a neighborhood like the Hill. All right. Do you feel like there are um, a lot of concerns around social distancing, though, with student housing? I think there are. I think there are some some concerns specifically with our fraternity sorority life houses um, and how that works and with with the amount of students that live in those houses. Um, And and this is going to be something that CU is going to be really kind of taking on as far as, you know, what is this education that we can provide for our students, recommendations, suggestions, what are the public health orders in place, what does the state, the county, and the city recommend uh, for social distancing when living at home. So students, uh, you know, they, they will be coming into the fall kind of. Uh, well-prepared with COVID and what COVID means at CU and what CU is going to look like in a COVID environment. So there's going to be certain things that students are going to be needing to do in order to kind of become aware of what all of those things are before they return to the fall semester. So the idea is that we're going to educate and offer resources and recommendations as much as possible in order to kind of remedy those concerns. I think naturally social distancing in general is is going to be a concern, um, but we're certainly trying to be proactive with how can we help you and and what are your direct questions? All right. Um, do you know what some of the of what CU plans to do once we're back on campus in terms of social social distancing and COVID preparation? So I can I can mention that CU is going to be ready for. Uh, COVID itself, you know, there certainly will be social distancing measures in place. Um, They're exploring a lot of different options right now, but, you know, it could be anything from what you're seeing right now, walking into a grocery store with arrows on the ground or signs or six feet measured uh, tape on the floor. Um, I know buildings, offices, academic arenas, you know, everything is going to be completely shifted uh, in a direction that's going to create the, the, the least amount of contact between students and the most safety that we can actually create on campus. All right. So with students who are currently living in Boulder or who were living in Boulder during this last half of the spring semester um, during the pandemic, did you see any new issues arising, whether it was kind of like with uh, rent payments or, say, um, concerns with their neighbors or just any kind of issue that you saw with students um, who were still here in the spring? Yeah, one of the, the 
bigger issues was, you know, I think this idea when CU in mid-March said, hey, listen, students, um, you know, we're going to be shifting to remote. It's our recommendation that you go home. Um, I think a lot of students interpreted that as I have to leave Boulder. And what happened there was it was a, just a complete misunderstanding that students, even though they had leases in place, apartments in place, and CU wasn't making a mandatory evacuation of Boulder per se, but I think a lot of students interpreted it in that way. So what happened is a lot of students ended up going home, moving out of their apartments, and then all of a sudden they're not paying rent. So when their landlord reaches out and says, hey, you haven't paid rent, the student's response is, well, I'm, I'm not living there. And so I think for us, it was a it was a new challenge because a lot of students were under the impression that just because they physically weren't living in their apartment, it meant they didn't need to pay rent, which, of course, is not correct. You know, when a lease is in place, regardless of what is going going on, those contracts and those leasing lengths and those leasing payments must be adhered to, regardless of whether or not a student is living in that apartment. Um, so that was certainly a, a really kind of hard, difficult situation to be in as students were not in Boulder and they were dealing with these issues with landlords and that what I previously mentioned had led to, you know, these conversations with landlords and property managers from our office. Um, and so the, the challenges, um, you know, they, they also kind of, in regards to neighbors and neighborhoods, um, you know, CU being a school that likes to have a lot of fun per se, you know, there wasn't a lot of students that did end up staying in Boulder throughout the past couple of months, um, but there were definitely a substantial handful um, that continued to gather in ways as if COVID didn't exist, um, which is obviously a little concerning, um, concerning from CU side, concerning from neighborhood side, concerning from the city side in the community. Um, having as many students as possible fit into a backyard, a front yard, a house without practicing social distancing was very concerning for neighbors. You know, when we have a lot of people on the Hill that are, they can be um, susceptible more than anyone else um, when it comes to COVID itself, um, immune deficiencies, and folks are very challenged with this idea of how come the students are still gathering. Um, they're coming into my neighborhoods and they're really putting us at risk. This isn't a good place to be. So that was certainly a challenge um, that we were prepared to handle and had to handle in a little bit of a different light than we have before. Um, and since, you know, Boulder Police, CU itself, everyone is practicing social distancing. So how do you engage students that maybe aren't necessarily making the best choices? So we had to shift kind of our process as far as how we engage with students that might be violating public health orders and engage with students that might be violating uh, city ordinance codes when it comes to nuisance or noise. Do you feel like a large majority of the students in Boulder have been practicing social distancing, or do you feel like it's kind of a what more widespread problem? I would say the majority of students are, in fact, practicing social distancing. I mean, it's it's we've had a lot of student-run initiatives that are that really talk about them as a student and why it is that they're practicing social distancing and i would say that these social gatherings that are happening uh, in certain neighborhoods they're all happening mostly at the same locations every single time that they happen um but we have had some really great conversations and i would say the majority of students in boulder really have been doing their due diligence you know we've been getting a lot of outreach like hey what do you suggest for this what do you recommend for that? Um, and so when students are gathering and having, a, having a, a good time in their mind and not necessarily practicing social distancing, I would say it's, it's that group of students that's certainly a minority in Boulder. 
What are some of those student-run initiatives that you mentioned earlier involving social distancing? What are those like? So one, for example, out of our office, um, we have a student staff group. They are called the Neighborhood Ambassadors. And prior to the university going remote, um, these students who are peers that that work in our office and and do live in the hill, so they are part of the neighborhood, um, they're the connection from CU to the folks that live in these neighborhoods. And and holding programming, holding opportunities to have discussion around impacts that the neighborhood might be seeing. So, for example, if a a neighbor were to call our office and and complain about a specific address because there were uh, 100 people outside, it was very loud, very rambunctious, um, we would utilize our neighborhood ambassadors, and, and they would actually walk over to the house itself that got the complaint. And they would have a conversation with those students just about the impact, about the complaint, what had happened, you know, how can we make sure and kind of get around a system where this isn't going to happen again. Um, and so with social distancing in place, we had to really shift that to a virtual format. Um, and so our neighborhood ambassadors ha- had created uh, a really cool video um, that really was them walking around the hill, talking about social distancing measures, tips, suggestions, um, the impacts that that not practicing social distancing could have on the neighborhoods um, and really just kind of engage the students from a peer perspective rather from a staff perspective. I, I'm certainly one to believe that the peer-to-peer engagements can be much more effective than a staff-to-student engagement opportunity. Um, so we really try to kind of rely on our, our student staff in order to have those conversations. Do you think that there might be any repercussions for students who are having issues such as that, who are not social distancing or who are maybe just having issues with the neighborhood? Um, I, I I can say that CU is currently working on a, you know a new conduct policy going into the fall, um, and they are exploring what including you know the violations of public health orders might look like in that conduct policy. It's not finalized, it's not official, but I know that there's been discussions around it um, because we do need to hold students accountable in a sense of, of violating public health orders or putting others at risk. So CU is being really intentional with what that might look like as a campus policy and as a conduct policy in regards to to public health orders and social distancing efforts. With uh, students moving into the fall, um, are there any recommendations that your office plans on making to students who are returning, any students who are going to start looking for housing again? Um, Is there anything you really want to direct students to do? I would at this point, we're in the process of creating all of that. So there are a couple committees internally to see you right now that are all about campus move in, off campus move in, the welcome back for students. What are these things going to look like? What resources are going to be available? So we're in the process of developing all of that right now. So I can't necessarily talk a lot about it until it's finalized. Um, But I can say if folks have questions, it's certainly, you know, reach out to our office with anything and everything that you might have, whether or not that's just a general question or a legal question um our suggestion right now would be for as far as move-in goes depending on if you're living in a house or an apartment complex you know those houses and those apartment complexes might have their own processes and policies for move-in um the landlord might try to kind of time out certain move-ins so there's not 10 students moving in at once but maybe it's a tiered system throughout the day or a couple of days in order to kind of encourage that social distancing so groups like barha and other landlords and property managers are focusing on that piece. So we're kind of waiting to see what the housing market is going to do. Um, but for right now, we certainly are, are recommending that students 
and families reach out to us with, with any questions that they might have. Um, and if they believe anything gets kind of into the, the legal world as well, just a reminder that, you know, we do have a legal attorney in our office that is free for students to use to discuss off-campus uh, challenges or concerns that they might have. Do you see any kind of issues that might arise with students returning to campus in the fall? Um, do you have any, um, any ideas what might be uh, consequences of having students back during the pandemic? I think it's just the general consequence of bringing, you know, thousands of students back to one place. And I think whether or not they were students or just um, community members, et cetera, I think there are uh, community concerns around bringing so many students back to one place what is this going to look like um are we putting ourselves in a tough situation but i can say from what i've seen internally cu is is really going to be prepared as far as how to handle um a lot of these students coming back you know we want our students to come back but we also want to be able to respect the community and their wishes and their thoughts um so we're doing our best to kind of have those conversations with community members i think right now students are half excited to come back um and half a little hesitant to come back um which is completely understandable but i would say the the overall vibe that i've heard from from students is that they really are excited to be back on campus they're excited to see their friends um they're excited to be back in classes and start kind of getting back to quote normal as 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 possible um so i think i think some of the challenges is just bringing a a, a mass of students back um but seeing what cu has in, in store I'm, I'm very confident that we will be in an okay place um beyond that certainly community members are a little concerned with the amount of students that will be coming back into a neighborhood like the hill for example and what that might mean for social gatherings and what are those social gatherings going to look like during a time um with COVID and cu having COVID restrictions in place at the same time Well, that's the end of my questions currently. Is there anything you'd like to leave as a last note for our listeners? Is there anything you would really want to emphasize to those who are listening? Or if there's anything you really just want to kind of end on as a final note? Sure. I think right now off-campus housing is certainly a different a different place than it was a year ago today as far as what that housing search looks like, what apartments look like, leasing payments, leasing lengths, um, you know, actual leases, is, is language, are clauses changing? Um, what is this going to look like? How do students continue to engage with other students? Um, so I want to be able to confidently say that this, this is what our office does. You know, we really try to work with students as much as possible. Um, we want students to reach out to us with any and all questions. There are no dumb questions during a time like this at all. Um, we have the resources to be able to assist with any challenge or concern that you might have. And I think for us, one of the challenges is that we're not necessarily the most well-known office at CU. And so I, I just want to say that we are here, we are available, um, and if folks want to reach out and be proactive, it can be um, it can be challenging sometimes when students don't necessarily know we exist until they come across a, a challenge or a concern off campus, and then they find us online and say, "Hey, now I need your help." Um, so we want to be able to have those conversations ahead of time. Start thinking about those questions that are going to make sure that you are comfortable um, throughout your off-campus experience. Um, and if you need tips, suggestions, recommendations, um, please head on over to our website. We update it every single day with updates, um, colorado.edu slash off-campus, um, and you will see tons and tons of some really great resources for off-campus students. All right. One last question, if that's all right. Sure. Um, you mentioned the Hill a few times throughout our interview. 
do you feel like the hill will be a larger problem or do you feel like that is an area that you really want to focus on i think the hill has always been always been an area that that, that cu has has focused on with just the majority of our off-campus students living in that neighborhood um i will say that starting last october we began to see a trend of students not necessarily wanting to live on the hill for the first time in a long time so we started to see folks start to transition to areas like east aurora goss grove martin acres and starting to move away from that traditional house style that is that is living on the hill um i think the hill uh, is still a, a great place for students. I think it's a great community. It certainly has its challenges, as just kind of the community knows it as a um, a very social gathering place for CU students. Um, but we have seen less people be interested in the Hill, which is really interesting to watch. Um, I, I think we're going to run into some of the just the similar challenges and concerns that community members typically have with the Hill, which is which is student parties and the impact that they might have on the Hill itself. Um, but with all of the kind of changes that are coming into play between CU, Boulder Police, CU Police Department. Um, You know, there's a lot of things that are being discussed as far as how we can get ahead of this, be proactive, and be prepared for a a CU uh, during a time with COVID. Uh, Director Morris, thank you for talking with us today. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for uh, talking with us.